Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. This is Melanie Humpy, and I am very glad that you are here today. I want to welcome back all of our old friends, and if you're new, I am so glad you found us. We have had so much fun with this podcast, and so many people really depend on our guest and our podcast to just kind of help them through the week. So I hope you're having a good week. I hope you're hanging in there. I know that some of y'all may be getting a little nervous about the end of school coming, and we will talk about that more later. But I just want to let you know that I am aware of that. And I want to be really encouraging. This podcast is to really encourage you to take a fresh approach to the screen stuff that's going on in your house. And you know, I always have to open with my little story. So when I sat down today and get ready to interview our guest, I'm so excited about our guest because it's another Screen Strong parent that you're going to hear from, one of our ambassadors. But I don't ever think too hard about what I'm going to share. Usually I sit down and it just comes to me. And so this morning as I'm prepping and getting ready, I was really hit by something that happened this weekend. So you know that you've heard me talk about our, our kids. And we have a game-free home. In case you're new, we have a game-free home. I think I invented that term or something because my oldest son dropped out of college because of his gaming addiction. So I decided to do things very different with our younger kids. And one of the things that happened as a result of that is we started uh, getting their friends together a lot when they were little, like third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, probably the ages of a lot of your kids out there, a lot of y'all that are listening today. And one thing that they did, and I had to sort of prompt this and teach them, was how to call another parent to invite a friend over <laughs> for a play date. And at the time, we spent a lot of time at one of our local parks, and we put together these sandlot activities where the kids would all come, they'd play baseball, they would always go to the short field where they could all hit home runs, and it was really fun. And so I think it was around fourth or fifth grade when our boys started calling other parents to line this up and they would get the directory out and literally they would call the other moms. I said, look guys, y'all can plan this. And so they had their paper and their list and they would write down all the names of who they wanted to invite and they would start making these phone calls. And I just remember thinking, I, I don't think I would have done that when I was in the fifth grade, but I, I, I didn't act like that was a weird thing. I said, Oh, just call the moms. And so like at carpool the next day, the moms would say, Andrew called us. That was so nice. And I, and I thought at the time, yeah, that is kind of nice to teach your children how to pick up the phone and call other adults. And so they got in the habit of doing this. And over the years, it just became the thing that they would put these playdates together and they would get their list out and they would call different kids for different things and mix it up and whatnot. So this weekend, I am going somewhere with this story. This weekend, it, it really hit me. I was at my desk working and I heard Andrew in the other room and he was making his calls and he was calling, not the moms, but he started calling all of his friends. He was planning a get together at our house it just really struck me that I need to remind y'all, I need to tell y'all that what your kids do when they're little becomes the thing that they do when they get older. I cannot stress this enough. The fact that he had sort of that practice 
of doing that during that awkward kind of stage where it's really hard for kids to do that. They got over the hump. They started making the phone calls. And then today we are really reaping the benefits of that. And it was just really fun for me to sit back and and then just hear him make these phone calls. And he was just, most kids, I guess, would put something on social media, maybe. That's just not their way that they communicate with their friends. They actually pick up the phone and call. And it just really did my my heart good because I know there's a lot of talk right now in our culture about moderation and why we should maybe moderate video games and moderate social media. And whenever I see something like that, I'm like, no, let's just pause all that stuff for now. Let them develop their life skills and their people skills. And to the point where it just becomes second nature. And that's what hit me. This is just normal for him to pick up the phone and call five friends and ask if they can come over the next night to do. And they kind of made all the plans. And and I think it was really fun for the kids to get these phone calls. And this is just how they do life. So when we talk about moderating, I think we all know, I think even our culture, we all know that too much screen time is obviously not a good thing. But I do think that we get hung up on this thing about moderation. So I just want to remind you that even if your kids do something a little bit, it will kind of become the way they do life. And I did just recently do a podcast on um, the forbidden fruit. And I got a a question that came in from that. So I'm going to just talk about that question for a second. The question was about, well, I get that they don't need to spend all their time doing video games, but what about just, you know, an hour or so on the weekends? I just want to remind you again to kind of think about that story I just told you and think about the things that your kids do when they're kids will be the things that they kind of continue to do when they're older. So the moderate use of video games and social media really are very difficult because of the persuasive design elements, but mostly because you're replacing other activities that they should be practicing. And I know it sounds just like, but I know it sounds just like a little thing, but it's like, if you don't want your kids to smoke, then maybe they shouldn't smoke even one cigarette on the weekend. All right. That's kind of how I look at it. And, And when you allow that to happen, you know, if we allow them to have social media when they were in fifth or sixth or seventh grade, maybe that would be such an easy way, right? To invite all their friends to come over to a play date. But if we allow them to do that just for that one little thing, it takes away something else. And in this case, what it would have taken away is his ability to pick up the phone and call people. So it displaces other activities. Plus it really does get that dopamine addiction reward pathway cranked up and revved up. So now they're searching for more dopamine. It also, of course, even just one hour a day on a screen can introduce them to content that you don't want them to be on. Again, the lost potential for being creative and to think about other things that they could be doing. So we know that screen strong kids are happier. The research says the less time your child spends on a screen, the happier they will be. The less anxious they are, the more socially balanced they are, the less depressed they are in the long run, and really the more autonomy they have. So again, with my little insight this morning when Andrew was making those phone calls this week, this weekend, it was just reminding me that I'm so glad that we didn't even try to fit all the games and the social media into their life at that point in their life. And I think that's what parents do. I think that we have a gut feeling that something's wrong and we need to trust our gut a little bit more than we're trusting it. And we are here to help you do that. So we're here to help you trust your gut. And so I'm going to introduce our guest this morning. I am 
so excited to talk to her because she is a mom who trusted her gut, Laura Wurzberger. We would like to introduce you to the show. Thank you, Melanie. Thanks for having me today. Thank you so much for the time to come on and chat with us. Like I said, we love hearing from other families that really are boots on the ground, you know, that they're in the middle of it, right? You're just in the middle of this whole battle here. And Laura is a Screen Strong ambassador for us. And what that means is she was very interested in this issue, which many of y'all may be, and you may be interested in sharing more information with your community. And so we have a little program that we put together to help you do just that. So Laura, I would love for you to start with your story. We have to hear your story. Yes. So my story begins with adopting uh, my son at 21 months of age from China. He came to us with a bilateral cleft lift cleft palate, uh, very severe. And he also came to us with medical trauma, developmental trauma, and a lot of overall delayed developmental skills. 20 months later, after adopting him, we went back to China and adopted our daughter. And that started our parenting journey. <laughs> and like many parents who are parenting kids with unique and special needs, we use screens a lot in our house for as rewards for managing their behavior. At times, we also used it as a babysitter. We got into some really, really bad habits. Unfortunately, you know, going to the grocery store always required the iPad or mama's cell phone. The meltdowns would start in the parking lot as we were loading in to the grocery the grocery cart, and it just it got really out of control. I felt like we had a really good system of managing the screens inside our home, but when we were outside and dealing with two kids who are, you know, having meltdowns and losing it, it was just here take the screen, and that was our parenting approach, and it was really bad. Um, and we developed some really bad habits with our kids. When my son was having surgery in February of 2020, we decided to purchase a Nintendo Switch. We did a lot of research. We felt like this, you know, there aren't violent games on it. It felt like a really safe, air quotes, gaming system to bring into our home. We felt like it would help our son who was struggling with some social skills with peers and sure. it would be a really good thing. Our kids could play together. We could play as a family. I mean, we're selling it to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and then the pandemic hit. And, you know, we have Zoom classrooms. We have a Nintendo Switch. We have our kids suddenly on Messenger Kids because we're feeling all of the guilt of them being isolated from their friends. And screen time got out of control. You and the whole rest of the world. Yes. So <laughs> when the school year of 20, I guess it was 2020, came up, we were faced with the dilemma of sending our kids in person or doing remote schooling. And we ended up choosing remote schooling for our son and we chose to homeschool our daughter. It was very, very hard for our son. He was becoming so dysregulated by Zoom. And the features of Zoom, changing his name during the class, opening different windows to the point that I would have to sit with him right. so he could be in class. For my daughter, 
she was a very social kid. She was really struggling with not having the socialization piece. So I'm rewarding her. You can have, when you finish your work, you can watch a TV show. When you finish your work, you can go on messenger kids. And it really got out of control. By the spring of 2021, I'm venting to my son's therapist. Like I'm losing my mind. And she tells me, you know, I just listened to this podcast with Dr. Dunkley. I think you should read her book. Let's read it together and we can talk about it. And got the book from the library and sat and couldn't stop, couldn't set it down. (laughs) I'm sitting there texting pictures of it to my husband because when you're parenting a child that you're dealing with a speech delay from being born with a clef, you're dealing with developmental trauma. In first grade, we had to deal with the diagnosis of ADHD, sensory processing disorder, anxiety. It's so hard to know what to treat, how to treat the whole gamut of diagnosis. And what I learned from Dr. Dunkley's book was that all these different diagnoses, we are treating the wrong problem. We need to make sure that we are at neutral with the screens so that we are able to address these bigger issues. And my husband was completely on board and we were wrapping up the school year. It felt like the perfect time to eliminate screens. The interesting thing with my son specifically and my daughter, when I said, we're going to do this for for four weeks, because that's what the book said, you know, a four week detox, no one, no one argued. There was no pushback. How old were they at that time? So my, my daughter was six and my son had just turned 10. And the thing that I realized is we had done so much therapy work to work on our attachment because both my children came to us with attachment disorders as well. That when you have a healthy attachment with your child, they are going to trust you as their parent to lead them right. and to guide them. And that just proves to me when, when I'm saying we're, we're selling the iPad, we're selling the Nintendo switch, this isn't going to be an option anymore. And my son said to me, well, are we going to sell the TV? I said, no, we're not going to sell the TV. We're going to have family. (laughs) We want to have family movie nights. We want to sit and snuggle on the couch when somebody's not feeling good and cuddle under blanket and eat popcorn together and have those shared experiences. And they said to me, well, what are we going to do with the money? Like, let's get, let's get real here. <laughs> and we decided to buy a paddle boat for our, at our lake cottage in Wisconsin. It was the best, the best. I can't, words can't even describe. And I won't say that at this point, all of these issues and problems that we were facing as a family are resolved, but we are present and able to work on the hard things. Because we're not, we're not a having to manage and battle and have the screen conflicts in our home, but our kids are learning to be bored. They are learning how to be okay with just taking care of themselves and resting and having that calming time. So many times I would see my kids start to unravel and it would be like, I wouldn't want to deal with that unraveling. And I would give them a screen, but it's not needed. And they really, when you have that strong attachment, they really trust you. They really do. That's what I want you to 
talk about for a minute because just talk about the describe uh, you know the day if you can remember back when you told them that you were you know going to put all this stuff on pause and then even sell it. it sounds like did you tell them that right away or I mean I'm sure there's a lot of parents out there listening that think well oh my goodness, I have a 10 year old that would never do that. They would hate me. They would hate my guts. So talk about that a little bit more. Like just how did you tell them? And can you remember any details around that? I mean, we, we often have family meetings and this was something that was shared in family meetings. And I was the first one to say this was a a mama mistake. I, I thought that this was right. And I'm learning And I think grace, a lot of grace. I always ask my kids to give me grace. I think for us, it was the right time to to do it being the summer. I think it would have been very different. Um, We normally had always been screen-free in the summer because we live in Chicago and you have a mentality when the weather's good, you better get outside because half the year it's nasty. That's always been our mentality. So for us, it was a really great time to kind of enter into this lifestyle. As I was saying, we have a, a cottage on a little wake in Wisconsin, a little no wake lake in Wisconsin. And we spend a lot of our summers up there and there's no TV up there. There's no Wi-Fi. So it was really the perfect kind of time for our family. It was an easy time too, because we weren't in school and we didn't really have all that, the social pressures that kind of come along with it. At the time, there was a lot of fear, you know, like, okay, I can manage this now because it's summer and we're not back in school and we're not dealing with the the friend pressure. You know, there's no, my son's not sitting with, you know, talking to kids at lunch and recess and the newest game or whatever and coming home and asking me to like download it onto my phone or whatever. So it was an easy time to kind of do it in the summer and to kind of get that strength and see the benefits just within our own family unit without that social pressure. And there was a part of me that was scared when we re-entered school. We had been home together, um, just the four of us, for 18 months. It's easy to do things in your own bubble. Yeah. <laughs> so how did that go then when when all that had to happen again? I mean, I, I think, let, let me just say... I don't know. This whole thing is just so great. I just love your story. I just, and I'm just so excited about it because there's so many people that are listening that really need your story and they need to hear that your kids' heads didn't blow off their shoulders, right? You just said, look, I made a mistake and this is what we're going to do. And I love that you said, when you have a healthy attachment, your kids trust you. And I, I, I hesitate sometime to say that because I don't want parents to feel bad, right? But it's true. It's really true. When people say to me, don't your kids hate you all these years? You haven't, you know, you haven't given them video games. I'm like, no, they don't hate me at all. They trust me. And that's what I just love that you said that. I mean, I just, oh my gosh, can you just talk about that in another yeah. minute? I just, I'm, I'm like, so like, it gets me really teary eyed because I want people to understand that concept that they're so fearful, Laura, so many people out there and me too, I'm sure back in the day when I was struggling with this, I'm so fearful that my kids aren't going to like me. Well, I mean, to be honest, my kids have, (laughs) have, 
have told the gamut to me of, you know, I hate you. And I mean, this is well before screens ever came into the mix. You know, I want to be with my, you know, China mom and dad. And my daughter was three when she screamed she hated me for the first time as we were trying to get in the car coming home from preschool. So I guess I have a thick skin about about that. And I don't really have those those fears. You know, for me, there there's always been the fear of my kids not fitting in. Yes. Already having a son who is a little bit socially different, because I will say when you're parenting a child who has developmental trauma, a lot of times their emotional age is about half that of their developmental age. So emotionally, my son is about five and a half right now. Parenting a child that's different has taken a lot of strength, a lot of my own personal like hard work and therapy. And I think you have to be willing just to have your goals for your kids. For me, my goals are for my children to be a kind, contributing member of society. And that is what drives me every single day. What do I need to do to get to help my kids reach that goal? And what role am I playing in that as their mom? Screens are not gonna are not gonna help that goal at all. That's what I was just gonna say. That's a great way to put it. You ask yourself that question every day. You know, you you probably don't ask yourself that question anymore. But for parents out there, are their screens helping them reach their goals? That's a really good way to put it. And when you have a child who has developmental delays, oh my goodness, it's so easy to see how it's being very counterproductive. Well, and and that was the thing. Even when my son would would play Nintendo Switch, and I think his Mario Odyssey was the game he really liked. I can't even remember anymore. He wouldn't play it like a 10-year-old. He would play it like a 5-year-old. So even though we were giving him that game, hoping that it would be a point of connection with his peers, he was playing it like a 5-year-old, not a 10-year-old. So even his conversations weren't weren't that of a that of an appropriate you know conversation for a 10 year old i think you do have to ask yourself what is my goal what do how do screens affect that goal and i won't say that there haven't been hard times there was a point early in the school year the school year that my son came home and he said everyone is playing Fortnite, and they keep saying just to put it on my phone or download it onto your phone And it broke my heart to see him not be a part of it and have this kind of like disconnect. But I just felt like I have to be, I have to show that I'm strong in who, what I'm trying to do as a parent. So he can be, he can have that strong sense of self. Like I have to model that for him. I have to be okay with it. So he's okay with it. I can't live in fear that he's not going to have friends and all of the, all of the myths that are out there. Like, I have to believe in it. And I have to know that, like, this is the way to reach our goal. This is the way. Well, and if you lose your confidence, then he immediately will start to scramble, right? Because the compass yeah. is gone. You have to sit there and hold your child and show empathy. And, you know, we sat and cried together and ate ice cream. I mean, it broke my heart. It broke my heart for him, you know? Yeah. But I'm not going to give in out of fear because I know that that is not, it's not good. It's not good for him. It's not going to help him reach that, that goal that I have for him. And saying no to some of these things are so powerful because it teaches him 
that the world doesn't fall apart when you have to go against the crowd. And he will have to go against the crowd a lot in his life. We all do. We can't go with every new thing out there. It just does. It makes us crazy. It just makes us stressed and anxious. And I love that you are just that rock. And whether you feel like a rock all the time, you're acting like a rock. So good yeah, for you. You got to fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about what happened. You were you were just starting to touch on it when you went from your fun summer of rainbows and pots of gold, <laughs> right? Because you're because <laughs> you're discovering. Oh my gosh, we're not competing with the screen anymore. We're the detox actually works, and it actually you you do feel like you get your kids back, and then when you started to transition back into school. Thankfully, that's when I found Screen Strong. Okay. That's that's when I found you guys. And I felt like it gave me a burst. It gave me the mental support I needed to like push through. I often have conversations with my husband about, and I'll like name drop you, Melanie, be like, well, Melanie says this. <laughs> I got some great quotes of yours. This one I used this morning was, it's a tool, not, not an entertainment when my son grabbed for my phone. Tool, tool not, not a, a toy. toy. Yeah. Yep. But I think that's where this, this community comes into play. And I feel like you can sit there and when you see all of the, the moms who are backing you and are on the same boat as you, even though they may not be in the same city, I feel like it gives yeah. me strength to, to be like, yep, this is who we are as a family. And I'm not ashamed of it. And I don't want my kids to be ashamed. Yeah, that is such a good point. What you just what you just nailed is the importance of community. Yeah, and we go to a very small, you know, parochial school. We have a, a very tight knit community, and it's just like this is who we are. We are an adoptive family. We don't do screens. This is our priority. You know, it's just who we are. And you know, when you do that, when you have the confidence to do that, and you have a community like Screen Strong around you that's supporting you that of course we all need. We all need other people to come alongside us and have our back and say, no, you're good. This is, we're holding the bar high and we're keeping this really in focus, even on days when it's hard for you to focus, <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, that where you're headed is the right direction. But the other myth that I think that you're speaking to is this idea that we we can't do this. Of course we can do this. You can do anything that you need to do. If your kids were allergic to peanuts, you would make sure you didn't have peanuts in your house too, oh, yeah. right? It, it depends on what your motivation is. But I think that we worry that parents worry not only that our kids are going to get left out, but that we are going to feel left out. And what you are talking about, I love so much because it's just the opposite. Like I, it's so hard to explain to new people that, oh, no, 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 you're really going to be fine if, if you take a stand. People love it when others take a hard stand on things, you know, and, and you don't sound like a super judgmental person. I can imagine that you're not running around the school telling everybody they're crazy for giving their kids screens, <laughs> but you have just learned through the, the hard knocks of dealing with your own situation. And thank goodness, I will say that you caught it early. I'm so thankful. I mean, imagine even every, every month that goes by or every six months that goes by, it gets exponentially harder to pull it away. The fact that you could catch on early and do this early. And I imagine that you would say that if you had to do it again, you, you would do it again that it's not something that you regret, right? No, absolutely not. No. 
I mean, I re- I regret buying that Nintendo Switch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I regret <laughs> downloading Messenger Kids, but I don't regret selling devices and removing toxic screens from our home. Not at all. You just said it a second ago that your identity as a family is entrenched in this. And this is what is so important to understand about how our human brain works, how our relationships with our kids work, what they need from their families. They need a family that has a very clear sense of direction and that is very much, uh, you know, confident and not afraid to hold that identity. I think so much of the confusion and so much of the angst and the conflict come in boundaries that aren't clear, identities that nobody knows, values that come and go. When things are like quicksand, this is very difficult. That part's very difficult. And and you said it, I don't know, a few minutes ago, you said something about the hard way or the easy way or anyway, made me think of that. Maybe you didn't say it, but there is a hard way to do this and there's an easy way to raise kids that have these challenges and not only kids with challenges, but every kid, every kid is the same when it comes to these types of things that they need. So this whole idea of that you have gotten very confident with your identity helps your kids so much. I mean, you've got to see that play out in their lives. Yes. And I think, you know, especially having a daughter, having a strong confidence, no matter what you're having confidence towards, but showing that and not being, not feeling shame or embarrassment is always good to model for your kids. They're going to get so much more than you can imagine out of your resolve with this. You know, even if one day we wake up in 10 years and we all discover, oh, screens were really okay, which we're not going to do that, by the way, but just, just if we were, we are still going to be really glad that we did something and, and chose a little bit different pathway for our kids in order for them to be different, for them to get closer to us because they are much more attached to their family because your family becomes that strong point and that strong compass in their life. So just the very act of your son and your daughter not having to be like the crowd, it's not that they don't have friends and it's not that they aren't going to have more friends, actually, when we actually look at the studies and the statistics on kids who spend a lot of time on screens versus kids who don't. We know the kids who don't have more friends. They're more social because they practice that more. So it's not that they're going to miss out on that, but the fact that they were actually able to be okay, even if they're not okay every day, the fact that they're able to trust you being different is such a big lesson. It is such a life skill that if you don't learn that early, then it's very hard to learn that when when you're older. So just that alone is such a blessing. I mean, that's what I see from raising kids now, four of them who who did did things differently. My daughter was here this weekend and she's in her mid-20s now. And the way that she was raised without social media totally affects her life now in such a good way. She's not dependent on it. So even even if we find out that all the studies were wrong and really it was a neutral thing, she gets benefits out of that discipline and out of that willpower and out of us being a strong family. She's she's closer to our family because of it. And and your kids are trusting you. I love that you brought that up. Um, you, you know, you can't trust your kids. They need to trust you. Yes. By the way, everybody listening, <laughs> that's your goal. 
Yes. And I think when you show that your child that you really care for them, and, and I think I, I listen to see different things that people post on the Facebook group. If you are thinking about doing a, a detox, well, first off, I highly recommend it. But I would say during that detox, meet your child's needs like you would an infant. Because that is, that is the foundation. The attachment is the foundation of everything that comes after And there are many nights where my son has had a hard day and I will make two or maybe three dinners that night. Just a sign of of love. And to me, I mean, food is a wonderful way to meet that attachment. Yeah. uh, As you're going through the detox is, you know, making a plan to cook all of your child's favorite meals and show them all of that love through food. Oh yeah, I I that, I totally agree with that. And to figure out what their love language is, yes. right? If you're familiar with all that, whether it's physical touch or acts of service yes. or food, <laughs> food is an acts of service or a gift or, you know, I love that. I love that you said that. We during the detox, you're right. I try to explain it, but you just explained it really well. I you have to step back and almost overdo things that you you you're not going to do forever, but almost overdo it because they need so desperately for that attachment to be that strong and you have to walk through it with them. You can't be absent. You have to be totally present. You're, you're going to be doing like Mary Thorne said, I played more Monopoly than I've ever played in my life. And I hate Monopoly, <laughs> but she did it. And she played and played and played like five times a day. <laughs> she played Monopoly in those early days of that detox. So that's wonderful advice. What other advice do you have for parents who are going to pull the plug and actually do a detox. I I think you have to go hard. I think you need to not, I think you need to start off selling the devices. And I think you make it a family decision on what you're going to do with the money. With the money. Yeah. You know, is it a trampoline for your backyard? Is it a day trip somewhere? Figure it out as a family and have it be something that can really replace that screen time with something joyous. Because that's how your kids, that's how your kids know that you're serious too. They are going to buck and stomp over it and they're going to whine. But honestly, they want to see that strength. They really want to see how strong. And I think like having, having a, whether it's a five-year-old, a 10-year-old or a teenager, losing themselves and sitting there calmly with your arms outstretched stretched to your child is the most powerful thing you can do. Let them, let them lose it and remain calm and remain with your arms outstretched to them because it is going to be hard. And I have no doubt that if we would have continued down the, our letting our kids get screens and iPhones and social media and letting the gaming kind of take over, it would have been teenage years would have been very ugly in our family. Very ugly. My heart goes out to the families that are detoxing at that level. I have no doubt that it is much more challenging, but I would recommend taking the time off work, be there, be present, parent them like you would a younger child, as crazy as it may sound have things available, make yourself available to them and love them when they're going to be ugly because they probably will be. And it's not forever. 
This is just for the season that you go through the detox. And we have in the section on our website, if you order the course, and Laura, you've seen the course, this Kids Brains and Screens, and then the Screen Strong Solution course. And then we have a 30-day detox there that just has the instructions kind of how to do this. But this is really good advice that you're giving. So everybody listen, listen to Laura. <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. One of my daughter's coaches said years ago to me, she said, Mom, you need to smile and you need to be happy. You do not need to get on your daughter's roller coaster. And so when you are going through hard times with your kids, they need you more than ever not to negotiate with them. They don't need you to get on their level and get all wound up in their drama. You need to do exactly what Laura just said. You reach out your arms, you embrace them, but you stay strong. And then you can call me if, if you need to break down. We've got to wrap up, but for the parents are out there, they're listening, they're wanting to be you, they're wanting to be a successful parent who is able to get through this detox and get their kids back. Do you recommend cold turkey? I do recommend cold turkey. I recommend selling the devices, having a family meeting, making a plan, and telling them that you are starting a new lifestyle, a screen strong lifestyle. And my kids are very aware what when I say toxic, what I mean when I say we are free of toxic screens what that means. So your son is in, in fifth grade and yes. talk about what, what he's doing now. I know, you, I know you mentioned to me earlier that he was in a, he's in the school play. Talk about that. Yeah. So we are, this was our first year that we had a lot of options to do at school. Um, he did cross country in the fall and was really successful and decided to try out for the musical they're doing Music Man Jr. And it's a wonderful experience because he gets to be with fifth through eighth grade kids in the play. Unlike sports, when you're kind of, you don't really know what to expect. You have to be ready for all these different scenarios. Yeah. Theater is kind of like a team sport. I'm a firm believer because you're really a part of a team and you're working towards a common goal. So I think theater is a great option if you don't have kids who are really into other sports. I know your boys are really into baseball. Yeah, but they, they would love theater too. Like they love so many things. I agree with you hundred percent. There's something for every kid out there. And I yes. think the, the, we run cross country too, that anybody can do that. But I love this theater thing. I it, it develops so many life skills. Theater has been a big commitment for our family this year, getting ready for this spring musical. And it was wonderful. One day after school, I was helping with practice and there was an eighth grader who was waiting to get picked up. And he politely asked to use my cell phone to call his parent to ask them to come get him. It was the most wonderful thing. And I like my eyes lit up and I was looking at both my kids because I was and I said to him, I'm like, I love that you don't have a cell phone. I love that you're asking me <laughs> for my phone. And I looked at my kids like, see, this is what you do. You find a trusted adult and you ask for help and you use your words. You have good social skills yeah. and you don't need a phone. You're going to be okay. Love that, that. That example just popped up right in your everyday life that this kid asked you that and he was in eighth grade. Wow. I think more and more people are going to be jumping on this bandwagon. This is the way to go. We are for sure confident that it is. So if you need help, again, if you're struggling, if you're wondering, please reach out to us at ScreenStrong and I'm sure Laura as an ambassador. If you email team at ScreenStrong.com, Laura will be happy to, I'm just volunteering you now. I think that she would be happy to get back with you if she can. 
Yes, of course. Can you share with our audience, Laura, just some words of encouragement for them? Because I feel like, you know, you remember those days, right? When you would hear things or you read Victoria Dunkley's book and you just have that gut feeling and you just have a pit in your stomach. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this or not. It seems so overwhelming. What are some words of encouragement that you can offer the audience who's feeling that way? If you have a feeling in your gut that screens are negatively affecting your family, and most likely they are, if screens are present in your home, you need to remove them and you need to free your children and give them the blessing of a childhood and they will be okay and you will be okay as their parent. And it is okay for your kid not to like you. It's okay for them to hate you for a period. Show them love and grace and empathy and you can do this as a parent and you will be better for it and your family will be better. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. That is so encouraging. And I love what you just said that it's okay if your kids don't like you for a minute or or two minutes or even a few months. It's okay (laughs) that they're just kids. They're acting like kids. And that's so encouraging. Thank you so much. You have helped so many people today that needed to hear your words today and your story. And the fact that, that you came into this with some challenges with your kids. You know, imagine the families who have children who don't have those same challenges. They, they can do it too. Thank you so much for your story and just for sharing your personal story. This is how we start a movement. This is how other families are blessed and how they get what they need. And Laura, you just don't know what little thing you said today that really will turn some lives around. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We also want to thank Laura for being an ambassador for ScreenStrong. If you're interested, please contact us at team at ScreenStrong.com and we'll talk to you about how to do that. And all that means is that you are promoting this message in your community and we have different levels that you can speak at your school. We'll give you slides. We'll give you the material to do that. But mostly you get to be in a really fun community. So I hope everyone enjoyed this show as much as I did. Please look at our website to look at the Kids Brains and Screens course that is now available with a solution piece that goes with it. It's on our website under the tab courses. It's really easy to find. And along with that comes the instructions for the 30-day digital detox. Laura talked about the Screen Strong Families Facebook group. And if you need immediate help, you can jump in there and start asking questions. And there will be a lot of families in there that are just waiting to give you some support and to share their stories and what works and how to help you solve the screen dilemma in your home. And we don't want anyone to feel alone and isolated because it can be a very lonely thing to be dealing with this by yourself. We love the Gab phone. I always mention that because if you do have an older teen that has a phone and you realize you need to switch over to a top text phone, if you use the code STRONG, you will get a discount. You can go to our site to look for more information on that. And your homework, again, is to share this podcast. And please go rate our podcast. We are getting very popular in this space. I will say I'm very excited about the numbers of people that we are reaching. But the only way we can continue to read more people and to grow is for you to share this podcast. Just pick five of your friends and let's get the word out. We need to have more families like Laura out there. We need to help as many people as we can. 
Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd and stay strong. Mm -hmm.